This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Welcome back, everyone. In today's episode, we chat with the powerful Dominique West. We talk about how she's using her voice through her podcast, how she's building a community out in Atlanta, and sage advice for those that are dealing with imposter syndrome. But before we dive into this awesome episode, I'd like to welcome Alexis Robertson, Sebastian Engstrom, and Dominique West to our mastermind here for our Patreon. Welcome to the group, welcome to the crew, and welcome to the HVS family. For those that are interested in supporting our Patreon, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Hacker Valley Studio. And as always, for more episodes, check out hackervalley.studio. Now let's get to this awesome episode. What's going on, everybody? You're in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. Today, our special guest is Dominique West. She is a senior cloud security consultant, ATL lead for women's security, women's society of cyber jitsu, and also the host of the Security in Color Cyber Podcast. Welcome to the show, Dominique. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Dominique, we have so much in common. We have ATL, we have podcasting. We were both in the security leaders version of Tribe of Hackers. For the folks out there that don't know who you are just yet, would love to hear a little bit of your history and what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. So I live in Atlanta, but I am a born and raised New Yorker. <laughs> that will always be my heart and soul. Um, I won't hold it against you. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> I've been in tech for eight years and I've worked a variety of different industries and did a little bit of everything to really figure out what worked for me. I always joke and say that I was factory made because I did the traditional route, which is very different from what a lot of people are doing today. And I went to school for, you know, computer systems, did my master's in it in cybersecurity. I did all of my roles were revolved around tech and security in some aspects. So starting in like help desk, I did technical engineer role for like a vulnerability company. I was an analyst in a stock. And then once I pivoted into cloud, I really enjoyed the role, the first role that I was in and realized that this was a space that I wanted to thrive in. So I've kind of just been sticking with the cloud aspect. I mean, like you said, I, I kind of just took that with my career, which led me into consulting, which is something I've always wanted to do to help me kind of get the experience of doing diff being in different industries very quickly especially for such a large firm who, you know, they have access to so many. That was something I wanted to do because mainly I was doing internal security for companies. And from there, I have been, I reached a point in my career where I'm like, I know a lot of things. I want to give back to my community and be a part of this community and really help it grow. So I've been super active, you know, creating a meetup in Atlanta for women in cyber kind of merged that with the nonprofit that I wound up joining and now lead in Atlanta. And then finally, like just kind of putting that all together by creating my own cyber and cloud platform or especially podcast for everyone. Love that you made your own podcast and that you're thriving in cloud security. <laughs> I'm sure there's so much to talk about, but I would love to hear about your show and what the inspiration is behind it. 
Yeah, it's it's weird when people call me a podcaster. I'm like, uh, I don't feel that way. <laughs> You're definitely a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't put the label on. Um, it, especially because it's been so short, but in that short amount of time, you know, things I've have got, gotten such good feedback and you know a really good foundation. So I host Security in Color, which is a biweekly podcast discussing topics in cloud and cybersecurity. And naturally, it was a bit scary to put it out there. One, I had to get over the fact of hearing my own voice. And then two, (laughs) you know, just wondering, you know, naturally when you do something new for the first time, you don't know what the outcome is going to be, how it's going to how people are going to respond. And I just had to remember, I, I started, it first started off as a blog about a year ago. Now, yeah, next month, it'll be one year where it was kind of just a little side project for me. I naturally in, in, in cyber, if you're in cybersecurity field, you have to keep up with the news because you, in order to do your job, you need to know what the latest threats, what's happening out there. So I wanted to create a blog for people who might not be in the industry or who might be new. And if I can, <laughs> if I can break down a topic for them in cybersecurity, cause you know, we can get real technical. It could be a little bit confusing. If I could break it down for them and they can understand then maybe I'm doing my job right. Right. <laughs> like maybe I know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. So do in doing that, I knew that this information had to get out there. And then once I kind of had a foundation and an audience. I'm like, hey, this would be great in audio format. One, it'll a little bit, it'll be a little bit easier. But two, I think, you know, just kind of where we're moving right now in terms of, you know, we used to be a very heavy blog society and now we're a very heavy podcast society. I thought it was just an easy transition to kind of merge the two together and kind of put that information out there in a podcast form. So it's been really good. Really, really good. That's great to hear. And I think that there is so much to being a subject matter expert in something and then providing content around that that uh, specific subject matter. What's your favorite aspect of creating cybersecurity and cloud security content? I would I would say the research part of it. So Tuesdays is the topic is around cybersecurity. I kind of do a recap of like the past week's latest cybersecurity news whatever's happening. And then Thursday is the cloud security segment. And I'm doing research to to pick what I'm going to talk about. And even though I'm doing research for my audience, it really is for me as well. And I get to learn new things. And I'm like, oh, snap, you know, this company got got or this person fell for this. And like, this is useful information for me and for other people. So I think the research is what I really enjoy. And then now I can say that I enjoy the recording part. When I first started, I was too nervous. It was taking me way too many takes, way too many edits. And once things, you know, I wanted it to be an enjoyable experience. But of course, that just comes with trial and error with starting something. So I would definitely say the research research part. And now I can say the recording part because I can ad lib freely. You can tell you know, I can, when I listen from my first episode to my last, the latest episode I just had, I can tell I'm more comfortable talking with people, ad-libbing, kind of really being a little bit more vulnerable and being out there. So I really enjoy those two aspects. Yeah, I can definitely tell. I've listened to quite a few of your episodes and (laughs) definitely in the, in the most, the most recent episode, I could tell you're comfortable. You're just freestyling, kind of jumping (laughs) in from, you know, conveying information to, to speaking from the heart. 
Absolutely love that. One thing I wanted to bring up is that you were featured in the Tribal Hackers Leadership Edition. I was also in that book as well. But I I love the fact that you brought up your own struggle with imposter syndrome. Uh, That's not something that a lot of people are sharing right Mm -hmm. now. I think that we need to share that more because the more people will know that other people are feeling the same way is is better for everybody. So we'd like to hear uh, from you for our listeners that are struggling with imposter syndrome. What would you like to tell them? Yeah. And I, I think that comes, the reason why it's not spoken about a lot is that it comes with, you really have to be vulnerable <laughs> in order to put that out there for people to let them know like, hey, I'm not as perfect as, you know, my social media might make me seem right. or, you know, things are happening and, you know, people don't like to really show that aspect. And I do think it's important because I'm a person that w- wouldn't show that. But then when I didn't see myself reflected in other people, I'm like, okay, clearly it is me. Clearly I am the only person going through this, but as we all know, we're not alone in a lot of the feelings that we're going through. And what really helped me in tackling, you know, imposter syndrome was really telling myself that I wouldn't be in this room, wherever it was, if I didn't deserve to be. I I would question a lot of the opportunities come in my way, especially if I was in a room where I was either the youngest or maybe have the least experienced or I might have been the only black person or the only, you know, black woman, you know, and especially as I climb the ladder in my career, I had to stop and ask myself and I was like, well, why not me? Right. <laughs> I work hard. I I put in the effort just as much as the next person. Why shouldn't I get these opportunities? And once I once I changed that mindset from like questioning the universe to like accepting and believing that I deserve all of these things, it really helped me be more comfortable and showing up and advocating for myself. Like I always tell people, because uh, I had gotten good, really good feedback. I made an article about it. And it, that was just, again, I feel like I do stuff just out of is out of a whim <laughs> just to yeah. see what happened, but it, it wound up being really good, right? Because a lot of people came and say, Hey, I've been feeling the same way and I had no idea how to express it or if I should, or if I should even say anything, right? Because we, we work in a very stressful field and that, you know, there's a lot of feelings that come with that. We, we're an industry that gets burned out very easily. And I think a lot of these negatives, Though they might be difficult, I think they're important to talk to because others who are coming into this industry might not know what they're getting themselves into. And I wish I knew a lot of these things early on, or I wish I had this level of access or this level of resources and skills I had when I was first getting started. So that's why I'm I'm, I'm trying to do my best now to be that person who's helping the next generation of people kind of get their leg in or get not necessarily an easier start, but just kind of get a heads up. Like it's nice to get a heads up. And it's really important to make sure just to circle back around about the imposter syndrome to always just be your number one fan, be your biggest supporter, your biggest cheerleader. And you're going to have doubts that that that's natural, but no matter where you are in your journey, understand that you belong and that what you're doing is valuable. I agree 100%. Something that we bring up all the time when we talk about imposter syndrome is exactly what you just said. If you get past that interview and they they say you are the person that we want to bring into this team, into this organization to help take it to the next level, they obviously see something in you that 
that that group is needing, right? What would you say to to the leaders out there? What should they be doing with their teams in order to making that environment a little bit better uh, from an imposter syndrome standpoint? Something that my last uh, company did was we had, and I noticed that I, 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 in in general, I don't know if this is still a practice that's still new and still up and coming, but I had a lot of one-to-ones with my previous um, manager, right? And he he made things an open floor for me. You know, he would allow me to direct the conversation. He would allow me to talk about anything. It didn't even have to be about work, right? If work was cool, we, because we usually had different other meetings. And if I had an update, he was like, you know, is there anything you want to talk about in life and all that kind of good stuff? And really advocated for me to, to let him know that he was in my corner. And after, you know, I really appreciated that because his actions always backed it up. So it's really just taking the time to ask. We can get caught up in our job. We can get caught up in just working, going straight home. And it's really important to foster an environment because it's so stressful, like of openness and that support. I've been in an environment where it just felt like, you know, management was just here for me to do my nine to five and call it a day, right? They weren't there to support me outside of uh, just my job and any other endeavors if I wanted to pursue a certification or if I wanted to do something extra. It's really important to support your teams in every aspect, right? We want everyone to show up with their full selves. And that also includes looking around at your team and making sure that you are, you know, getting diverse teams, that you're making sure everyone feels included and that no one is excluded. That's really important. And that's something that my last, you know, previous manager also did. He's like, hey, you know, how can we make this team better? How, like, I value your input. So it's really just as a leader, really guiding your team to be a little bit more vulnerable and to really support each other and know that you're there to support them too and not just, you know, kind of tell them what to do. That was really important to me. Like that that really helped me kind of show up every day because I knew that he was in my corner and I can go to him with anything. I think that's those are some great points. And one of the challenges is a lot of workspaces aren't inclusive like that. And it puts the ownership really on the individual to uh, make themselves successful in their own right. I would love to hear, you know, as you being a consultant, a an advocate for women and security, and also a podcast host, you must be dealing with a lot of moving pieces and daily challenges. I would love to hear about one of the challenges that you're working on today. What is your biggest challenge? At the moment, I would probably say it would be finding, or I should say, finding clarity in my purpose and really finding the next steps of this journey of not only just my career, but just personally. Like I, like you said, I have a lot of moving pieces happening and I'm really grateful for the positive outcomes and the positive opportunities that that's coming from it. But I really just want to gain more clarity and focus in terms of next steps of where I'm going. I know I'm I'm really passionate, for example, about getting to a C-suite position, right? I, I am very ambitious in my career, 
But I also, not only am I doing that necessarily for myself, but I, I really want to open doors and help other Black women navigate their career to senior level roles. Representation is super important in every level of the workplace. And for the longest, as I was navigating my career, it was very hard for me to connect because I was either on teams that were all men or I was on teams where I was the only Black woman um, or the only Black person in general. And that was very difficult for me to figure out how to navigate and you know, learning, or I should say, as I progress in my career, learning how to do that and realize like, hey, how can I be a part of the change and my journey and be a representative to other people who are trying to get into this at the same time, really figuring out what that means. I know, I I noticed I was, when I was coming up, I'd be like, okay, you know, someone is going to do that, right? Someone's going to be the representation that I need, right? I'm pretty sure someone's out there, they're going to put themselves out there and I will see a black woman in cybersecurity who's out there rocking it. And we do have plenty of that now, right? I, I, I think more as time has go on, social media, people are connecting. I definitely see that now. But it was hard in the beginning. So I want to make sure that it's not hard for other women to see that representation anymore. And I had to realize, hey, you know, you got a lot going on for yourself. You might, you know, you might have to be that representation you've been waiting for. So really, I think I'm just trying to figure out kind of what's next for me. I'm a planner. I'm a long-term goals checklist kind of person like Michelle Obama says in her book. So really, I'm just trying to kind of put all the moving pieces together to make a picture that makes sense to me. If that makes sense. <laughs> it it does. It does. And and that's awesome. And I I love that you're taking on the res- part of the responsibility of being the voice for especially black women in security. There's uh so few of black women in security and I think that we do often assume that there's going to be someone we can just go to YouTube and find and mm-hmm. hear more about black women in security. And I think Chris and I have noticed the same for black men in cybersecurity. We thought that there would be a lot more resources, a lot more collaboration opportunities. And there is, but we have to be those that kind of seek out the, the opportunity for you know us to all collaborate. But what advice would you give any person of color, man or woman, to break into cybersecurity? Is there any initiatives that you follow that you're uh, passionate about, like Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu? I would love to hear some about the initiatives that you follow. Yeah. So we start with the advice, something that I always tell like my mentees or people who I come across, and it's just like, be open and be available to everything, right? I There is no I think a lot of people want a blueprint, like a one-stop, this is what I do. If I go from A, that'll lead me to B, C, X, Y, Z, and I'll be wherever I need to be. And that's not necessarily the case, especially because we have a lot of people coming from different industries, right? They're not coming from the traditional route I spoke about in the beginning. They're pivoting from fields that have nothing to do with tech and nothing to do with cyber in the first place. So my advice would be to really go out there, 
dip your toes. Don't be afraid. I know a lot of people are afraid of like technical interviews. Uh, we all bomb them. <laughs> That's all happened to us at some point. Yeah. Especially I blank. I'm a blinker. <laughs> like I'll, I'll know <laughs> things. And as soon as I get in front of a person or like if I'm taking a certification, I just, I blink out. So it happens. Just, just really be open. We, I, what I have noticed is security is a great community. There are a lot of people out there who are willing to help, who are willing to teach you. You just have to be open and available to kind of receive that. And then in, in conjunction with that, of a lot of niche, initiatives that I follow. So the Women's Society of Cyber Jutsu is a women's nonprofit that empowers women in the field of cybersecurity and its allies. We definitely have male allies because of course, you know, we're very inclusive. We, we definitely don't exclude anyone. But yeah, I came across them last year. I went to DEF CON through another organization and had came across the group, was introduced to the board, um, to the CEO, and they aligned perfectly with what I was already doing in Atlanta a couple of months prior you know, I would go to meetups in the Atlanta area and a lot of them were geared towards developers or were geared towards maybe user experience um, designers. And every time I would say, oh, yeah, I'm in cybersecurity, they're like, oh, so what does that mean? And I'd have to explain that over and over. And I really didn't feel like I had a community per se. So I was like, I can't be the only person in cybersecurity in Atlanta. So I, I created a meetup and I got some really good feedback from it. I had a lot of people who were also like, hey, I couldn't find anyone. I thought I was the only one. And by taking that first step forward, you know, I gained a, a really good community. I gained some really good friends. And I knew when I came across Women's Society of Cyber G2, who had really the same mission that I was, it's like really finding women in the field and how can I help them out and give them resources. It was just, it made sense to kind of combine the two. Um, and we, they didn't have a chapter in Atlanta. So I partnered with two other women. Shout out to Tamiko and Z. <laughs> and we created a chapter here. We also launched this past January. And we had some good momentum until, you know, the pandemic had kind of forced us all to stay home. But luckily, the what I loved about the organization is that they were already online. Majority of the events that they were hosting were online just because, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to get to a certain place, especially here in Atlanta with all this traffic. <laughs> so sometimes you might just want to be home to join or, you know, there are, because we don't have chapters in every state yet, you know, we didn't want to exclude members who joined from somewhere where we didn't have an actual physical location. So the pandemic didn't stop us and we've been putting on plenty of things. I'm currently doing, for example, a study plus group each week for those who are trying to get the security security plus certification. I'm doing a study group each week for them in order for them to go ahead and successfully pass the test. We do that also for those trying to get their CISP or the CISSP. We put on capture the flag events. We put on a variety of workshops really to not only give our members uh, soft skills of like how to do interviews, resume, all that kind of good stuff. But we really want to help them build the technical skills, help them pass those technical interviews, help them really get comfortable being in the world of cybersecurity to really empower them. So I really, really am glad that I came across them. It, it, it was a great opportunity. Wow, that that is inspiring. You're doing so much. And I just want to go back for a moment. 
because I absolutely love the fact that you talked about finding your purpose. That's something <laughs> I actually just recently kind of went through. We had Laura Garnett on the podcast. She wrote the book, The Genius Habit, and that's what she does with her clients. Uh, I also work with an executive coach. Actually, Ron and I, we have the same executive coach and we have the same voice coach as well. <laughs> 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 but uh, one, one thing that we found, and it was so powerful is that we found not only what my my purpose is, we also found like what my super superpower is. And when you find that nexus of what your superpower is and your purpose, then there's no can defend. Like I, I feel unstoppable now because I know where I'm going. I know what tools I have in my tool belt to make that mission accomplished. Uh, what would you say your personal or professional superpower is? You know, that is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> What I'm noticing is that I'm really good at like communicating and connecting. So whether that's at work or in person, where at work, for example, if I'm on an engagement and something that I have been trying to hone since I had learned in my career is about really bridging the gap between us as a as the technical or subject matter experts and then for example the clients or whatever organization that you're working with or whatever team right there's a large gap in communication i think from the cybersecurity world and other anyone else who we're trying to communicate with so whether or not that's c suite whether or not that's our end users, X, Y, Z. And I really have been trying to figure out how to really communicate at a level that everyone can understand, because I think that's just more effective and efficient to do your job, right? Or to get things across, because something that I always talk about is that we, notorious in the cybersecurity community is the scare tact, the scare factor, right? Of saying it's my way or the highway or a breach is happening. And, you know, that's not something that we should use as a way to get what we want, right? Because at the end of the day, at work, at least we have a common goal where we're, we're all trying to do our jobs effectively and we're all trying to make sure um, we can produce something. So I really try to be an effective communicator and I've gotten really good feedback in the way that I kind of deliver things and the way I speak to people. And that even comes across like in my podcast and my day to day, when I talk to friends and when I, you know, my friends always ask me, he was like, can you write, you know, write my essays or can you look over my essays? Because just the way I kind of put things together, I like pictures. I like big pictures. <laughs> I'm a visual person. So I really like to tell a story and really integrate stories in how I communicate things. So that's what I noticed one of my superpowers are. But like you were like you were saying, once you find that clarity and purpose, like you just show up for yourself in a way that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And I've 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 very I've gotten there a little bit. <laughs> but like I said, I'm really trying to clarify that now that I've kind of pivoted in a different way. I felt like before I was just a person who was in the community. I wasn't really con contributing much, and now that I'm being an active an active um, contributor. And I'm like, where do I go from here? Where, what's next? So I'm, I'm trying to get like you, Chris. I'm to... <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> 
But even before we jumped on the podcast, we were talking about covering cybersecurity news and and you covering cloud security specific things. It sounds like you're putting enough uh, points on the board to get the clarity that you're hoping for. And speaking of putting more points on the board, I would love to hear and have you share with our listeners any any events you have coming up. So this week, the Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu is putting on our first cybersecurity virtual conference because, you know, everyone's virtual now. So I'm super excited about that. I will be putting on a workshop for them covering Google Cloud Platform Security for those of you who are interested in GCP because that's an area that I'm really familiar with as I um, partnered with Google a lot of times and even helped them create their the Google Cloud Security Professional Engineer exam. So I'm really passionate about their platform. I really enjoy it. So I'm going to be introducing that to others who might not be familiar. So that's going down this Saturday. You can definitely take part by going to their website, womenscyberjutsu.org, if you want to participate. And then other events-wise, I'm taking a little break for this summer just because I've been full steam ahead since January. And even with, mm-hmm. I feel like from the pandemic, I've been working way harder at home than I did when I was at the office for some reason. <laughs> it's just a lot happening. Yeah. It just, it feels like there's so much because everyone is at home and it's really easy. Like we said that before, where it's just because you're at home, it's easy. It's hard now to delineate the cutoff point where before it was when I go to the office, when I leave the office, I'm home, right? And now your office is your home or your home, you know, they're both kind of intertwined. But what I am planning um, for the next season of the pod, it, that that is the next step, basically, is really planning the next steps for the Security in Color podcast and my blog website. And then from there, um, really putting on more events through the nonprofit. I know we're definitely interested in doing more study groups for those trying to get certifications because we understand that that is a little bit of a blocker when trying to navigate jobs. So we definitely are trying to help those really study and then go ahead and schedule the exam. And then I'm going to take a break and figure out what's next. I think that's, that's, that's what's up for me. But the easiest way to keep up with everything would really be through my mailing list. I do I send out every every two weeks, I send out an email, or I should say a newsletter to my audience from Security and Color, where I give you guys a bunch of jam-packed resources like job postings and cybersecurity, because that's something everyone's always looking for. Whenever I come across some scholarship opportunities, uh, whenever I come across some free study resources or free, when we had physical events, like if they were free, DEF CON passes that were coming up, for example, we would kind of promote that. So I do a biweekly mailing list just full of resources for those in cybersecurity. That's kind of the easiest way to know what's happening with me. Fantastic. Dominique, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for hopping on the mics with us. We love what what you're doing and completely support you. We're glad you're on our team. For folks that want to be engaged with your newsletter, with your podcast, with you, what are the ways that people can do that? Yeah, so you can uh, join my newsletter by going to my website, www.securityincolor.com. There you can sign up for the mailing list and you can see a lot of the blog resources that I post about. I post about a lot of different topics. I'm even thinking about doing an upcoming like 30-day in GCP 
kind of thing for everyone. Outside of that, you can also find my podcast on any available podcast platform, also at Security and Color. Just search for that. I make it very easy for everyone <laughs> so that way it's not too difficult. And then if you want to just connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn, Dominique West, or I'm on social media. My um, handle is at Domibu, D-O-M-Y. B-O-O. Um, that's for every platform because, again, I am too lazy to make different names and it's very <laughs> easy for people to find me. <laughs> I don't know if that just makes it much easier for people to find me, but I, I, I don't like it too. I don't like things to be too complicated. I think it does. I think that's great. And we'll be sure to put everything in the show notes just in case somebody wants to. I would highly recommend everybody to visit your resources and check out your podcast. And thanks so much again, Dominique, for joining us. And we'll see everybody next time. Thanks for having me.